Hey, good morning. Good to see your faces, too. And, and uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I, I said, yeah, yeah. I told Mike back there, I said, yeah. It's, he said, are you nervous? He said, yeah. I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm nervous. And I'm back here. <laughs> What's there to be nervous about, though, right? This is just family. We're just family. And so we're, we're glad to be here together with you. Let's open our Bibles. John chapter 20, please. We're going to continue where we left off. John chapter 20, the Gospel of John. And last week we, we looked at Mary Magdalene. She was the first one to see Jesus alive. And again, this is after Jesus has risen from the dead. She was the first one to see Jesus alive. But she had this devotion. She was fiercely devoted to the Lord, to Jesus. The, the first word she hears uh, from the angels and then from Jesus, twice she hears it, is, why are you crying? Two times. She was crying. She was, she was just so upset. But I think, too, you know, it's for us, too, you know. Why are you crying? Why are you worrying? Why are you so upset? Why are you so stressing? The angels and then and, 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 and Jesus as well, that what comes out of this is the fact that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. You know, we get so consumed by all these other things, but Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. He is Lord. He is God. And, and he's standing right there in front of her at, at this point now, too. She doesn't realize it, right? She doesn't recognize him until when? Until he says her name. He says, Mary. And her, eye, her eyes are like open. She sees. And, and the joy that just came flooding in. And she, she, she is told by Jesus, now go tell the others. So in all the pain and all the sorrow and all the loss of this life, I think you and I need to, to know. We need to know and remember his presence and the fact that he is alive. And that we have a relationship with him. He cares for us. He's near. He's, he's close to you. He, he, he cares for you. He loves you. That's what you and I, that's, a, that's what it means to focus on Jesus and, and who he is. Keeping our eyes on him. So, this has happened to her now, and she goes back to the disciples. What a crazy time it was to be alive there in Jerusalem. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is still Sunday. This is the day, you know, Jesus has risen from the dead in the morning. This is still that day. And, and, and yet, you know, there are people that have seen him alive, but yet there's still this fear. There's this confusion. These things are all going on here. I've... I've entitled the message today, Sunday Night in Jerusalem, Peace. Sunday Night in Jerusalem, Peace. Because that's what comes out of this. Jesus is now with his disciples. We're going to see that here in this section. It's, it's really the fifth appearance, if you want to count them. The first one, Mary Magdalene. The second one, he appeared to the other women. The third, he appeared to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and fourthly, uh, he appeared to Peter. But now he's going to appear to the whole group of them as they are gathered together. Let's pick it up here in verse 19, chapter 20. It says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. 
the, again, it's the, it's the Sunday night. It's the evening of that first day. The first day of the week was Sunday. And, and when Jesus had risen from the dead, they're gathered together. Notice that. And I think that the first thing that, that stood out to me was the fact they're gathered together. All this is going on, and what did they do? Let's get together. Now, they were fearful. They had the doors locked. They were scared. They were confused. They didn't know what was really going on. But they got together, you see. And I, and I wonder about even, even this celebration we have here today where we're gathering all together. It's uncertain times we're, we're living in. It's fearful times. The things that are going on in our society, in our world, uh, you know, so much is taking place. But to gather together and to seek out Jesus Christ, to listen to his word, this is important. This is crucial. That's why I'm glad you're here. Because that's what it's all about. So they had this fear. They had this uncertainty in what happens. What does it say there? They were, they were there, and it said, Jesus came, and he stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. Jesus came and stood right in the very middle of them. Now, now, now the walls couldn't stop him. The locked doors couldn't stop him, right? Jesus, he comes and stands right in the middle of them. That's a picture, I'm telling you. Now, Obviously, the, the resurrected body that Jesus had wasn't subject to the same limitations that you and I. We can't get through locked doors like Jesus just was just there. He just came right through, came right in. But his heart, we see his heart is right there with his people. His heart is right there. They're gathered together and there he is right in the middle of them. Didn't he say something like that earlier? What did he say? He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, he said, I am there in the midst of them. So we got, we got a couple more than two here, right? We're gathered here together in his name. We've prayed in Jesus' name. We are here in Jesus' name. And yet, yet he says, I am there. Now, he's not physically here with us. We've we understand that, but by His Spirit, He is right here with us. I want you to know that. I believe that. Why? Because the Bible says so. The Word of God. Jesus said it Himself. Not because I can see it or because I have this, you know, you know, sixth sense or something like that. Sometimes we can sense His presence. Yes, I, I know that's true. I believe that's true. But the Bible is what we have to hold on to. He says, I'm, I'm going to be there when you gather together. So he's right here now with us. In fact, it's, it's always true. And at the end of Matthew, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the very end of the age. He said, always I'm going to be with you. He was just about to you know, ascend into heaven. So Jesus is here with us here today. And I think... You know, looking around at, at this group of people that we have, we have situations, we have problems, we have trials, we have troubles, we have joys, we have happiness and all that. And Jesus is here right in the middle of us. And I think we, we can acknowledge him and, we, and we, can, we can bring all those things to him. You didn't come to church. I, listen, I'm not stupid enough to think that you came to church to see me. 
You came to church because you wanted to connect with, with Jesus Christ, with the, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why you came. That's why you're here. I'm not, you know. Well, I am kind of dumb, but. He's there. He was there with them and he's here with us today and he wants to speak to you and he wants to speak to me. And what does he say here? He came and what are the first words he said to them? Peace be with you. Peace with you is literally what it says. Peace with you. Now, you know, in that day, it would be a kind of a standard greeting. And what would they say? Shalom, they would say. They speak Hebrew, there's in the nation of Israel, in, in, in Jerusalem, and they would say shalom. And, and, and you go to Israel today, it's the same thing. People say shalom. And on the Sabbath day, they say Shabbat shalom. And, and so it's the same thing today. But I, I, I don't think it's just like, hey, how's it going? We say that to each other, right? And you don't even really want to know. Hey, how's it going? And then walk away. Like, you really don't want to know how. How are you? Hey, how are you? But I think it was much deeper than that. It was peace be with you. Same with the greetings that Paul writes in his letters. He says, grace and peace be unto you from God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ. He's not just saying those things for no reason at all. And so his first words to them, this group of people that says they were locked, the doors were locked for fear of the Jews, they were fearful and what does he say? He says, peace. From the Prince of Peace. You see, he knew what their need was. He knows what your need is. He knows what my needs are. But isn't that one, isn't that kind of near the top of the list? Isn't that what we need? Peace. We need peace. One, one uh, book defined it as this. One commentary, total well-being and inner rest of spirit in fellowship with God through Christ's work. Total well-being and inner rest of spirit in fellowship with God through Christ's work. I, I don't know about you, but I want that. I want that because you know what this, we get so wrapped up and twisted up by all the stuff of this world, of this life. And, and where does the peace come from? It, it comes from being in fellowship with God through Christ, through what he did. And that's what we see here. You see, he's already, he's, he's had this, you know, three-year-long ministry. He, he was crucified, and now he's risen from the dead. And what does he say? He says, peace. And now he could say peace to them. And, 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 and the, the ability and the truth of it is right there. Why do I say that? Because what we're going to see in the next verse. But before we get there, previously, in the Gospel of John, Jesus said these words. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The trouble of our hearts, the fear that we face. Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. I will give it to you. It's my peace, you see. You're not going to find it in the world. You're not going to find it in what this world has to offer. You're not going to find it in, in you know, the substances that the world says. Just try this. Take this. This is going to give you all the peace that you could ever want or need. It's not true. True peace comes through Jesus. It says in 
Colossians chapter 1, it says that, that he made peace through the blood of his cross. He made peace through the blood of his cross. You see, this is where it comes from. This is why we always get back to the cross, why we always get back to what Jesus Christ did. He paid the price, you see. Look at verse 20. It says there, after he said this, after he said what? You can speak up. It's okay. Because it's nice to hear people say that. After Jesus said, peace be with you, what did he do? He showed them, it says, he showed them his hands and his side. He showed them his hands and his side. He showed them the proof. He showed them from the, you know, the cross what had happened. He showed them his hands. He showed them his side where the pierce went in. And the disciples, they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. There was something that happened. You know, he says, peace be with you. And then he showed them the the scars and something happened. Something radical inside them happened. Now, Luke tells us about this occurrence too. Luke tells us when they saw him, they thought he was a ghost. And they were troubled. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got the doors locked, you're already fearful, and then all of a sudden there's somebody standing in there in the middle, like, what would you think? Would, it'd be a little bit freaky, wouldn't you think? But when he shows them the scars in his hands and in his side, they go, oh, it's like the light came on. It's like, and, and, I, and I saw this, that this was, was chapter 20, verse 20. This is like 2020 vision. Seeing Jesus, the fact that he died for us and, and that this is where the peace come from. This is where the proof is. Proof is, he, he says, touch me and see in the other account. And then he also goes on with them to, to actually eat some fish, eat some food with them to prove that, it really, that he really is a person. He's not just something of their imagination. That's incredible. You see, Jesus there in the, in the, the middle of this group in the middle of the midst of them and he's showing them the proof that the price has been paid. And that's where the peace comes from. G. Campbell Morgan, the great commentator, he said that Jesus had faced and defeated all the forces which destroy the peace of man. He faced and defeated all the forces which destroy the peace of man. He did it. He, he conquered them and, and he made this declaration. And the declaration and this blessing that he was imparting was peace. That's where he, that's what he's given to you and I is peace. And, and you know, the, the, simple, the simple breakdown of, of peace, we have peace with God and then we have the peace of God. We've got to have the peace with God before you can ever have the peace of God. And how do we have peace with God? It's through Jesus Christ, through believing in Him, trusting Him as our Lord and Savior. And then He gives us that peace as we pray, as we trust in Him. Paul says it, you know, he says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving, bring your requests to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So 
yeah, we still face all this stuff and we're born again Christians. We, we, we have peace with God, but we still need the peace of God. And it, and it comes through going to Him in prayer and laying this stuff before Him. I, I've been doing a study in, in Psalm uh, 37 and it says, Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will bring it to pass. This, this word for commit, it, the literal translation of it means to roll it over. So commit means that commit your way to the Lord. Roll it on over to the Lord. Roll it on onto Him. Trust in Him, and He's going to do it. He's going he's to bring it to pass. That's not easy to do, though, is it? I, I, you know, I read Spurgeon's thoughts about it, and he said, you know, this is, the, this is the easy way. This is the way we should do it. And then he goes on to say, but it's so hard to do. Simple, in other words, he's saying this is a simple thing. We've got to be able to cast our cares onto him. And, and it is simple. It's a simple concept, simple thing. But it's so hard to do, isn't it? Any of you ever have any trouble with that? Here, Lord. Here. No. You know, it's so hard for us to, to give it to him and leave it there with him, to have that peace, knowing that he is God, that, he, that he's the Lord, he's the resurrected Lord Jesus, that he is going to take care of us. But that's the truth, and that's what the Bible says. So what do we hold on to? What, what I feel, what you feel, or what the Bible says? Which one is true? One person realized the answer. It says here that not only peace, but it says the disciples, they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They realized they saw the scars. They realized that it was really him. And they, and they not only uh, he was, were promised peace from him and that Jesus was giving them this benediction, this blessing, but they had joy that came into their soul as well. Joy when? When they saw Jesus. When they saw the scars. That's when they had the joy. Again, the joy, it's like he said, my joy, my peace I give to you. Well, well, it's his joy as well. I want you to turn back with me if, if you have your Bibles. And I encourage you to bring your Bibles too. Uh, we're going to start putting some out there. I know some of you would grab them off the table. And we're going to start putting them out there again for you. Uh, but it's good to have your own Bible. It's just good to have your own Bible. I got mine here. Now I leave this one here. I confess. But I have my own at home. But John chapter 16, verse 20. Now, you can look this up on your phones, too. And you can pretend like you're reading the Bible there on your phone and you're really checking your email. Uh, I get that, too. But I'll never know. But John chapter 16, verse 20. Jesus talked about it. He says, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. He's talking about the cross. He's talking about the fact that Jesus, this was going to happen. He said, you will, grieve, you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. You see, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. That's where the joy comes from. 
Yeah, they were, they were fearful. They were sad. Those, some had seen Jesus already, but the whole group hadn't seen him yet. They, were, they had this confusion, this fear. But once they finally saw him, they had, it, was just, it was just incredible. The joy that they experienced. So we have peace. And we have joy. So where do we find it? We find it in this risen Lord Jesus Christ. We find it in his word. We find it in his very presence amongst us. Here, you and I, we can find it. Again, why do we come to church? We come to church because, you know, we want to be, we want to connect with uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. We, want, we, we have serious needs. We, we need peace. We need joy. We, we, we also want to connect with, with our brothers and sisters because, you know, we need to support each other and strengthen each other and help each other. He goes on to say there, verse 21, notice he says it again, verse 21, again Jesus said, peace be with you. He says it twice, just in case you didn't hear me the first time. (laughs) Peace be with you, he says it again. But then he says these words, he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Twice he says it to them, but, but then he says, you know what, this is something that you are not to keep to yourself. Uh, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. The fact that, that the world needs to know that Jesus Christ is alive. As Jesus was sent, it says in John 3.17, we know John 3.16, but John 3.17, Jesus, it says that he was sent not to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. So he says, as as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. So we're, we're, we're called to go out into the world as well, but not to condemn the world. Well, you're all wrong. You're all bad. You're all evil. But, but to bring the, the peace and the joy that only Jesus can bring, that, that there, there's only one way that you can have peace and joy, and it's found in Jesus Christ. Now these, they were witnesses to the, to the ministry, to the death, to the resurrection of Jesus, and they were told to take it to the world. And people would either believe or they would not believe. They would either accept or they would reject. But, but you and I, as true believers of Jesus Christ, if we truly are, we have a testimony as well. We have a witness. We have something that, that we can share with people. And it's not... You know, it's not us. It's the fact that Jesus in us, Jesus with us, Jesus, you know, working in my life and, and, and that he's done something with me. I have a story to tell. I have a story to tell. And, and each one of you, as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a story to tell. Your story is unique. There's no one else like you. We're going to start having people share their testimonies here. I, you know, now that we have a little more time, Today we're only going to go till you know I think noon or something, uh, but but we have a little more flexibility and I and I, I I love hearing people's stories you know you you I, I share parts of my story all the time, and I have that opportunity but but I want to hear you know more of your stories because it's so encouraging so exciting to hear what Jesus is doing. And to hear that testimony, and, and you have a story to share with your family, with your friends. You know, uh, my, my, my sister-in-law, 
She said, oh, you're the good brother. I said, no. It's Jesus. That he's done something in my life. It's not me. It's just Jesus. You know, and I just, I have to give the credit. Because I could go, yeah, I am kind of a good brother. I am different from all the rest of those criminals in my family. Yeah. You know, there's always a good one in the bunch. No, I've told you stories. I was just in as much trouble and getting in all kinds of havoc as all the rest of my brothers and sisters. But Jesus in my life, that's what the difference is. That's what the difference is in your life too. And, and that's all you can tell people, you know. Hey, I'll pray for you. Can I pray for you? And I'm praying for you. And where are they going to go when, the, when they really need help? You know, my sister as I shared a little while back, had a stroke and, and she's in recovery, but she, she doesn't communicate very well. And I don't know why, but she just doesn't. But I'll get these text messages like randomly. And, I, and the last one I got was, keep praying for me, brother. So... You know, I try to text back quickly, so maybe she's there and she'll answer, actually answer me, you know. And maybe I'll get a response, but most often not. Where are they going to look? Keep praying for me. Take it to the world. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He gave this to the great commission that you and I are to go out and, and to, to help people become followers of Jesus, to, to be baptized. And we're going to have a baptism. We're going to have a baptism soon, because there's some of you that want to be baptized. I already know that. Teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. Finally, verse 23, this is a difficult verse to, uh, to explain, but I, you know, I, I, think, I think this is the way I understand it. Verse 23 says, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. You say, well, does that mean I you know, am in charge of forgiving people's sins? No, the Bible tells us what? That God alone forgives sin. So what is Jesus saying here? And I think the best way to understand this, uh, McDonald said this, the disciples were given the right to declare sins forgiven. John Corson said to proclaim it. In other words, when someone would hear about Jesus Christ and they would accept him and believe him, you and I can say, your sins are all forgiven. But if they refuse and reject it's very clear your sins are not forgiven. You have no Savior. You have nobody that is forgiving you of your sins. Your sins separate you from, from the Almighty God. So you and I, we can declare that to be true based on what Jesus Christ came and did, you see. So just to sum up, what do we have here in this last this little section here, when Jesus comes and meets his disciples, we have peace. We have joy. We have forgiveness. And it's all in Jesus, the resurrected Savior. 
It's all in Jesus. So we're going to pray right now. And, and uh, like I said, the, the, the Bible tells us, the Word of God tells us, Jesus Christ, He's right here now. And, and maybe you have some need. You need to come to Him right now. Maybe you're starving for peace. I just, I just believe that God's word is true and that, that he wants to meet with, with you. And you're, you're here, you're gathered together, and he wants to meet with you. And, and as we pray, we'll have some quiet time. You can just reach out to him and talk to him. Now, maybe, you, maybe you're not a true believer in Jesus yet, but maybe today is the day you want to become one. And you can open your heart right now and you say, Jesus, I, 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 I need that forgiveness. I definitely need that peace. I need that, that joy. I want all that. And so, so I, I want to ask you into my life and heart today. You can do that. Today's a good day for that. Let's bow our heads and our hearts and, and pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, how we need you. Reminded of that song, we need you. Every hour, we need you. We need you today. We need you in these, day, these days, which uh, appear to be the last days, appear to be the last of the last, even. And things are getting so uncertain, so unclear, but we need that 2020 vision that we can see you, Jesus. The scars in your hands, the, the scar in your side and, and touch you and know that you're here, that you're alive. Father, we're, we're only here for one reason, not because we like this building or we like air conditioning, though we do. We're here because we want you. We want you. Not some new religion that comes down the pike, not some new thing from the UFOs or purported UFOs, but the truth of the cross of our Savior Jesus. We want you. We want you. We need you. You've promised to meet us here today, Lord. just want to encourage you to take a moment, reach out to Him. Maybe today is the day that you surrender your life to Him. Maybe there's a burden you need to roll. You need to roll it onto Him. Trust in Him. Maybe today's the day you you surrender for the first time and you say, Jesus, I'm lost. Nothing good about me. I, I'm lost, and I, I, I want you in my life. 
And Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the love that you showed to us where you gave your life and then the power that raised you from the dead, that power that's working in our lives today. Father, I pray that you give us boldness, courage by the power of your Holy Spirit. I we read today that the, the disciples, they were given the Holy Spirit. They, Jesus, you said, receive the Holy Spirit right after you said, go out. And you're saying that to us today as well, that you've given us the power of your Holy Spirit to be those witnesses, to be the light in this dark, dark world. I pray you'd fill us anew, wash over us by your Holy Spirit and give us the power that we need, Lord. Father, I pray a blessing of peace on your people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing together, shall we?